In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Why is the Lord gracious and merciful to us? Why does he continue to grant us life? Why does he deign to talk to us through his word? Why does he desire to give himself to us in the sacrament? Why does he hear our prayers? The answer to all these questions is simultaneously simple yet profound. There is nothing about us that is lovable. Humanity rebelled against God. We cut ourselves off from Him. In Christ, it is rather in Christ who reconciled us back to the Father that has made us lovable. For it is on account of Jesus that he is gracious and merciful to us. It is on account of Jesus that he grants us life. It is on account of Jesus that he speaks to us, gives himself to us, and hears our prayers. We have been reconciled to the Father by Jesus. St. Paul calls this adoption. We have been adopted as sons and daughters and therefore as heirs of the kingdom of heaven. There is nothing that a son can do to receive his inheritance. He is born a son and therefore the inheritance is owed to him by nature of his birth. In many cases, even this son, even if this son were a scoundrel, he would still likewise receive his inheritance. Likewise, there is nothing that we do. Having been given the kingdom of God through our baptism, our rebirth, through Jesus, to inherit the kingdom or receive his gifts, they are given at our birth. For the Lord Jesus has redeemed us. Luther explains what our redemption means in his explanation to the second article of the Creed. He, write, he writes, I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of the Father from eternity and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord, who has redeemed me, a lost and condemned person, purchased and won me from all sins, from death, and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy, precious blood, and with his innocent suffering and death, that I may be his own, and live under him in his kingdom, and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence and blessedness, just as he is risen from the dead, lives and reigns to all eternity. This is most certainly true. True God, true man, begotten of the Father, 
born of the Virgin Mary. This Jesus is your Lord. He has redeemed you, a lost and condemned person, worthy of nothing, unlovable on account of your rebellion and your sins, which pledged allegiance to Satan, which only leads to death. The price of this redemption was not cheap. The price was his holy, precious blood. The cost was his innocent suffering and death. All of this, of course, was for a purpose, to bring you, like the prodigal son, back to the Father, that you might serve him and receive his gifts. This is the salvation narrative. The theme of this Sunday, Rogate, is prayer. We as Christians, born of the waters, the womb of the, of the baptismal font, are called to pray. We are called to pray not as a dog begs at the table of his master, but as a child who sits at table with his loving father, whose pleasure it is to feed him. We are adopted back into the family of God. We have been marked by the divine name in our baptism. We have been redeemed from sin, death, and Satan. And this means that we are no longer children of wrath, but rather we are children of God. We know this, but how often do we actually internalize the depth and the beauty of this reality? That as children of God, we have the privilege of praying directly to the Father. Jesus says, In that day you will ask in my name. And I do not say to you that, you will, that I will ask the Father on your behalf. For the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. The Father takes pleasure in our prayers. He loves the sound of our voices. He hears our cries. He hears our laments, our thanksgivings, our tearful prayers, our sorrowful prayers, our joyful prayers. He gave his only son to be crucified so that he could hear your prayers. Who, like a father, yearns to hear the sound of his children's voices and lightens when they come to him. It is an obligation to pray, indeed, but not as a duty, but rather as a necessity. We go to the Lord in prayer as a confession that he is the only giver of all good things, that he has the power to give us what we need and even what we want. As Jesus says, ask and you will receive, that your joy may be full. Prayer, therefore, is a treasure. 
It behooves us then to draw upon this treasure as often as possible. For St. Paul also says later, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. This is how we are to pray. But what should we pray for? We should pray for things that we earnestly desire. It can be a want or it can be a need. It can be short or it can be long. It can be private or it can be public. It can be a request, a lament, a confession, a thanksgiving, an intercession. But we should pray. When we stop praying, we begin fashioning idols for ourselves from the world around us. We begin trusting in things like medicine, money, government, imperfect people, ourselves. Do not covet what you desire. Pray for it. Do not harbor hatred in your heart for your enemy. Pray for them. Do not hold on to your sins. Confess them. Do not steal. Pray for what you need or desire. Your prayers will not go unheard or unanswered. For the Lord Jesus tells us again, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. We pray to the Father through the Son. The Son has no need to pray on our behalf. We already have in Him personal access to the Father, for we are in Christ, and He is in us. He reconciled us to the Father by His blood and sacrifice. He gave us adoption as sons and therefore as heirs of the kingdom of heaven. We are in Christ. The Father listens. Thanks be to God. In Jesus' name, amen.